You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Maria Lauren, small business owner and creative entrepreneur. Each week, we'll discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to creatively pursue your dream job by crafting it yourself. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Handmade CEO. I'm so excited to share today's interview. I first saw Angela's post on Facebook in a business group. Her message was positive, encouraging, and her joy was infectious. If you've ever felt like you're not exactly where you want to be in life, take note on the tips that Angela shares in this episode and tune in until the end to hear where you can find Angela and her life-changing services. I can't wait to hear your thoughts on this one. Hi, Angela. Welcome to the show. Hi, Maria. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy that you could join us. I saw something that you had posted and it was so compelling. It was a before and after picture. And although there was obvious weight loss in the after picture, I think your smile said so much more. Mm. And I just wanted to focus a little bit on your journey and what led to your current business. Yes, great. Yes, the the before picture was me at age 25 when I was kind of lost in mom world, (laughs) having babies, not put any focus on myself or physically, emotionally, mentally, that sort of thing. And then the picture that was after was age 40 when I was on the track at a world championship about to run the 400 meters. So the smile that you see is actually a result of more the inner transformation, like you mentioned, yes, there was an external one. But the biggest thing for me was what happened on the inside in the process of that journey. So with that transformation, I think the really interesting part is that most women experience the change in their body in reverse. So they might look like that at 25, (laughs) like the way you looked as you know, you did in in your 40s. But I think that the thing that captivated me most was how happy you looked. Mm -hmm. And I can just imagine what that journey must have been like. So was this after you had had your third child? Yes. Yes. I had three children really close together in my 20s, in my late 20s. You're right. It was a reverse process for me. At that point in my life, I wasn't even exercising. I love to empower people. And the one thing about my story is that I just like to highlight in other people that you never truly know what you're capable of. And it's this process of self-discovery that allows you to grow into kind of full alignment with who you truly meant to be. And I love to empower other people in that journey because I think so many of us spend our lives kind of asleep or just maybe going through the motions of the things we should do, like go to college, get married, have kids, focus on the career, take care of the house. And we're kind of in this autopilot zone, not even fully aware of everything that we're capable of or able to do. That's kind of what happened to me. I love to help other people align and tune into their best selves as well. Can you tell me what was that moment that defined that new lifestyle for you? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I don't think there was one moment. It was a series of things of small actions. It's just like a journey, you know, it's one footstep and then the next and the next. And before you know it, you looked back and you walked a mile. And so for me, this started after my third child, I was just not comfortable in my body, just the way clothes were fitting, the weight that seemed to drop off of other women after kids did not drop off of me. And I was just, in general, unhappy with who I was. And so the first step for me was I just started going to a boot camp twice a week at the local YMCA. And, wow. you know, that is where everything started because I that was the first step of taking 
a proactive stance to your life, meaning I don't like this and I'm going to do something about it. So that just that little baby step of going twice a week boot camp, I would, you know, leave the kids with my husband. And that was just like a little hour plus transportation to myself. And it started to make me feel really good just after those two classes. And so then I started to go three times. And then after a while, I I started to feel better and better in my body. And I started to jog once a week. And then after a while, the boot camp instructor approached me and asked me if I would consider teaching a boot camp. And I had never even considered that or thought that I would be able to do something like that. So that kind of put that little seed in my mind. And I went ahead and got a certification for that, started teaching boot camps. And then as people would approach me after class and ask me questions, I realized I needed a lot more information. So I went back and got a personal training certification. And so one just little step led to the next, led to the next. And then I started training people. And then I had too many clients to to continue training at the local gym, but I had a barn out behind my back. So the idea kind of, I didn't start this whole process with, you know, day one of going to two, two classes a week thinking that I would end up here, but I started thinking, what if I just opened a business in my backyard? <laughs> so I cleaned out the bottom of the barn, put in some rubber floors, some squat racks, some equipment, and I started training people in my backyard. And that grew so fast because people were just getting great results. And then I took on a business partner and opened a 5,000 square foot facility and then had to move from there in a couple of years too. So that was that whole journey from the outside started with the first step to do something about not feeling good about my body. I feel like sometimes we want to make changes, but we don't see results immediately. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes we're focusing on the wrong thing. In other words, if we weren't focusing on the results, I think you would probably stick to the journey a little bit longer and eventually see those results. So I love that, like you said, you didn't start this out thinking I'm going to look a specific way. You just were trying to feel better. Yes. Or I didn't start out thinking I, exactly, Maria, I, that I wanted to look a certain way or that I was even going to own a fitness business. <laughs> I had no idea. It was just exactly what you said, just taking one step to like, what can I do to just start to feel better about myself in life right now? Right. And I mean, you, it's your pictures are just stunning. And it's a, the happiness that I think is what's so inspiring because I think so many of us are not enjoying the journey. It's always the the destination. And a lot of times when you get there, if you're not enjoying the journey, the destination doesn't live up to it. That's so well said, Maria. I just released a a video about that, uh, exactly what you said. So you're you're so on point with that. But how can you fall in love with the journey as much as you do the destination? Mm-hmm. Say an example of, of a weight loss goal or something like that. You're not using exercise and nutrition as a means to meet an end. You're doing them because they make you feel good. Right, exactly. Yeah, I had given up gluten. I mean, it's been ages now, but I think a lot of times people confuse the not eating the sweets and, and all the cakes and stuff with vanity. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what, if I could, I would eat the cake. <laughs> yeah. But I know that it causes it makes you sick. like, mm-hmm. yeah, it causes severe inflammation for me and my joints. Mm-hmm. And what that feels like is like I have really bad arthritis. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'd rather feel good than have the cake, but it's mm-hmm. not a vanity thing. You know, if mm-hmm. I could have the cake and be fine, I think I'd be having some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, I love that. Well, as a small business owner, I find that fitness is just very vital to my business. I, I didn't realize how little I walked or moved. Mm-hmm. And so if I don't focus on exercise, it tends to fall to the wayside. Yes. Can you just explain the importance of making movement a priority? 
Yes, absolutely. The the great thing about fitness in the realm of being a, a business owner, there's a lot of things that happen that you do not have control of. There's a lot of things that you have to be willing to to risk uncertainty when you are a business owner. But the one thing you have complete control of is the actions that you take. So one thing that's so important besides all the physical health benefits and the way exercise affects you physiologically as far as hormones, oxygen, and all that stuff like that is it truly empowers you that if the day went south or if some things didn't work out or if some sales were lost or that sort of thing, at the end of that day, when you put on your gym clothes or your workout clothes and you actually take physical action it is so empowering because that's one thing you can do in that moment. And it helps to really build your muscle as a proactive person or a person that takes action and kind of reinforce that like, well, there's a lot of things I couldn't control in this day, but I could control this and I did something about it. And even if we look back at how we were built in primitive days, when we had stress and cortisol was released in our system, at that point, we were able to process the cortisol out by doing something physical like running from a predator or <laughs> chasing a predator or building a shelter or something like that. We had a physical activity that helped the body to process out cortisol from our system. And in these days, you know, if you're owning a business, there is a significant amount of stress that can come from that. Just again, handling unknowns, up and downs, constantly making decisions and kind of carrying the weight of your business on your shoulders. So if you don't have a physical outlet, that cortisol actually just sits in your system. And we all know the side effects, we're being more and more educated society, the side effects of carrying stress in the body, you know, how that affects the organs, even the heart and the brain, and actually makes it difficult to lose fat because cortisol and insulin have a direct relationship that when our stress is high and then we're eating carbohydrates, it's immediate recipe for fat storage. So all that to say that, yes, of course, there's so many health benefits to exercise as small business owners, but I think it's more the psychological stamina and then the physical release of the cortisol from our systems that really improves our psychological profile. Oh, that's brilliant. And you know, the thing I always find myself getting hung up on is I like to work out first thing in the morning, mm -hmm. but after a stressful day, I almost let like my, I don't want to take a second shower, <laughs> dictate whether I, I go for a walk or get on the elliptical because I know it'll benefit me, but I really found that I'm prioritizing the shower before <laughs> anything else. And I really feel like this whole quarantine has changed it for me a little mm -hmm. where I realize, you know what, I can put that. But what does that call the stuff in your hair? The dry shampoo. Yes. <laughs> so it's not the end of the world. The benefits are so much better to just get that second little workout in or walk or whatever it is. Prioritizing movement is so important. Mm -hmm. You were mentioning you had your personal training company before, yes. uh, Empower. That sounds amazing. And I love the name. It yes. gives me the impression that you're giving me the tools to make the change. Exactly. Could you tell us a little bit about the training? system that you created? Yes. Empower Training Systems. That was my fitness. So I had it for 10 years. And back when I started, this was a brand new model that I thought I made up. But then I realized when I went to some <laughs> seminars that there was actually really advanced experts in the field already doing this. But okay. I was the first to bring it to my area. And that is the concept of small group training. So instead of a personal training, just training one person and kind of standing over them, counting their reps, talking about 
their kids or you waste a lot of time with that and it can be costly. I found that if I combined two or three people and I could lead them through a workout and just constantly be on top of their form and motivating and they're seeing each other work out, there's so much more energy in a session and the results were better and the prices were lower because they could, the two or three of them could share me a session. So I, I built my business on that model of it wasn't a gym that you could have a membership. It was a personal training facility and people would just come there and get individualized programs. And it was just really custom tailored to each person. And in the process of growing that business, I read anything I could get my hands on as far as leadership development and building culture in a business and caring for customers. And every time I learned how to do that for my customers and my business, it actually built value into me too. So part of that big smile you see at age 40 when I was on the world stage there is part of what happened inside as I was going through not just the external physical changes of starting to exercise more and more intently, but everything that happened inside as I learned along the way. Did you find that when you're empowering other people, it almost kind of feeds you too. Yes. I call that being in alignment with your purpose. Every human has within them an innate desire to contribute and to grow. And some people it's stronger than others. But for me, when I started to align more and more with just being able to pour into other people's lives and empower people that lines up with kind of my, my life mission. And so I think the more and more we live in alignment with why we're here and what we were called to do, the more effective we are and the more joy we have in the process of Right. I have a son that's just finished high school. So he's at a community college right now, but you know, the pressure is so, so big right now to make sure you're picking the right thing. But it sounds like you kind of fell into this whole thing much later in life. It wasn't like you were 19. (laughs) Right. And I actually had gone to, I graduated with a social work degree. Mm -hmm. So not never in a million years would have thought that I was, would be owning a business or a fitness business nonetheless, which again, I think just speaks to how I think that each person has kind of like a hidden superpower or reason that they're here. And sometimes when we're younger, we're not sure what that is. And so the path that we start on, as long as we're open to growth and self-discovery, the path that we're on is always a path that leads to somewhere else that we can't necessarily foresee. (laughs) Right. And it's inspiring because I feel like a lot of us feel that if we haven't figured it out by the time we're done with college, we're just stuck with that thing we graduated with. Yeah, that career. Right. Right. And so much of, I think, life influences who you you become at a later age. Mm -hmm. How did that whole change affect your family then? I mean, it it must be inspirational for your kids to see this transformation. Yes, they actually have a complete... So one thing that I think a lot of women can relate to is that feeling of mom guilt, meaning Mm -hmm. that it's selfish to take time for myself. There's some women that don't give a darn about it and they'll just, right. they'll go on girls weekends and they'll, they'll have fun. But I think a lot of more conscientious, or I'm a more conscientious person. I think more conscientious people might feel guilty if they mm-hmm. take time and leave the kids with their husband to go work out, or if they take time to maybe go on to a conference or a retreat or something like that. But who I was in the beginning in the picture that you saw at age in my 20s with kids, I was just sacrificing for other people, for my kids, for my husband, trying to make everyone happy and just give, give, give to to everyone else and was not in alignment with who I was. So they had a mom that was on the external side, was doing everything, was not a happy mom. I just felt like I lived in a state of agitation. 
And it's hard to describe that, but I just felt like I can't remember times that I truly felt a lot of joy and peace. And it makes me sad because kids are the cutest at that stage. The toddler through six or seven when I started to change. And I missed out a lot of that time because I was just busy, irritated with all the stuff I had to do and all the responsibility I had and how things weren't going right and constantly, you know, second guessing myself and doing all of that while I didn't even like myself. That was like that constant state of irritation. So they have a totally different mom right now. And one core shift for me that I realized is that rather than them have a super mom who does everything and is always there at every practice and always home when they're home from school, I realized that it was more important that I was the only one in the world who could give them a happy mom who loved life and lived it to the fullest. I began to change my goal as a mom instead of to be able to do everything for them and give everything to them and be at every game and be at every practice. I changed it to be, I want to give them a mother who's full of life and joy and who models living life to the fullest and then live that as an example. So they have a different mom. They have a mom that sometimes does miss their games now and doesn't always get home in time to cook dinner or that sort of thing. But they have a mom who's just always full of joy and giving energy and love and that sort of thing. And that's not how I was operating before. As you may already know, I'm a huge fan of selling on Etsy. I've had over 10 years of selling my jewelry and digital cards there And to be honest, it is by far the easiest platform to navigate. It takes no time at all to list an item with a smartphone. And really, that's how I get most of my products in my shop. To make it easier for you to get started, I'm sharing a link in the show notes for you to open your shop with 40 free listings. That should motivate you to finally take that first step and get your shop online. If you're looking to finally open your store with absolutely nothing to lose, now is the time to try Etsy. Now back to the show. I think you described that perfectly. I know that I experienced a lot of frustration. Simple tasks just felt really daunting. (laughs) And it it almost seemed like I must be doing something wrong because, of course, nobody posts those pictures on Facebook or Instagram. So you're thinking their nice, clean house and their (laughs) gourmet meal they cooked. and (laughs) And everyone's happy. And I think, wow, something's just not firing. But anyway, I definitely understand the frustration and not feeling that that joy that you were saying. And I really think that you're right on saying that even if you're not at every single game, when you're there, you're you're present. Yeah, That's yeah. so much more important. Mm-hmm. And is that kind of what led you to write your book? The book is called Living Younger. And the inspiration for that was I started to develop myself physically. I, I kind of fell into track and field, which is funny because I never ran in high school or college. Here I am running against these people that were D1 athletes and you know <laughs> ran. So I stumbled into the world of track and field. As I started to compete, I remember the very first national championship I went to, I was astounded because there were people out on the track. They call you in five-year increments. So if you're 40, you know, between 40 and 45, and then you move up to 45, 50, that sort of thing. Okay. They keep calling people higher and higher. Like there's 80-year-old women out there on the track. Wow. And then 85-year-old. And I just, because of where I was raised and, and my family generational mindset, about, I think most of our culture's mindset about aging actually is that at some point you're just 
you're over the hill. And then you just start to expect less and less and less of yourself. And here my paradigm was completely shifted when I saw these older people out on the track. They weren't decrepit. They weren't in wheelchairs. They weren't in nursing homes. They were running and jumping over <laughs> hurdles and doing long jumps and shot put. And wow. I would just sat there with like for hours just watching these people. And the thing is, a lot of them didn't look like when they call out men age 70, you know, 400 meter dash. The men that stepped out on the track did not look seven. You know, wow. they looked like 55 or 60. And so I started to see like my whole aging really shifted. And at the same time, I had my fitness business and I was getting older clients in there and I was seeing how their bodies were changing and responding. Even when they started working out at age 60, you know, you could make significant, the, the one woman I, I still retain as a client, she's 64. And for the first time in her entire life, like not even as a high school student, she's doing pushups on the floor. Wow. Now, and, and so I started to see like, this is amazing. We don't have to get old if we don't want to. We don't have to give up on ourselves. The limits are actually really what your mind believes, not what I had believed before were limits on aging. And then as I started to become aware of this and I heard the things other people say about getting old or just wait till you're old or all this negativity around aging, I just became really impassioned to write a book about everything counter cultural that I had learned about the aging process through the, the 10 years of training older clients and through what I had seen on the track and field circuit when I'm competing and out there seeing these older athletes who are just in great shape, loving life. And then as I developed as an entrepreneur, I started to learn stories, not just in the physical fitness realm, but even in the realms of business, that people had started business much, much later in life, in their 50s, 60s, 70s. They didn't give up on themselves and they didn't stop having dreams. So they never got old. Old is more like a mindset, not something that happens to you. And so I just became so impassioned to write this book to empower everybody, even starting in your late 30s um, and up to realize that you can kind of blow the limits of what you think aging is and create a great aging experience for yourself. So it's not directly or only tied to weight loss. It's more about no. a whole life journey. Yes. And there's actually five different aspects that I cover because the body and mind and spirit are so intimately tied together. And this is one of the reasons I sold my fitness business two years ago is you can't address something only through the vehicle of the body without also understanding how your emotional state affects the body and how the body affects the emotional state. And then we can't uh, address the state of our emotions without understanding that the way that we think on a habitual basis affects the way we feel, which affects the body. Does that make sense? So yes, yeah. in the book, I layer all together. The aging process is number one, of course, your body, like how, how you feed it, how you move it, how you train it, that sort of thing. Number two, the emotional states that you experience on a more regular basis. We're finding out that emotions are simply vibrations of energy. And so if your vibrations are low, meaning on a daily basis, you're experiencing things like maybe jealousy or depression or anxiety or worry or stress or those sorts of lower vibrational energies, they actually affect the cells um, in your body. And so you could be completely physically healthy, but be having health problems because of the low vibrations that you're in. So in the book, I talk about too, how to bring your vibrations up, how to experience more things like peace and joy and generosity and gratitude and things like that, that actually increase the health at a cellular level and actually help you feel not just feel amazing, but it actually affects the way your body ages or not. So I cover that. And I also cover mindset because the way that we think influences what we believe we can or can't do. So if we think we're too old to X, Y, or Z, then we won't even try to X, Y, or Z and we'll never fully know our potential. 
So if we can kind of remove some of the mindset barriers and start actually creating goals, like when I'm age 50, I want to run 50 miles or something like that, but something that's exciting, that that's tangible, that allows us to see aging as like expansion of all the things we have yet that we could do, as opposed to, well, by the time I'm 60, I'll probably be, you know... <laughs> Reeling it in. Yeah, exactly. So the mindset part is just addresses things like goal setting, forward vision casting. How do you want to be when you're, you know, 50, 60, 70 years old? The whole thing about the cells and how that affects your health. I had just read a book where the author was explaining that a lot of times when you experience a traumatic experience, Mm -hmm. you relive it over and over. Mm. And what starts to happen is you almost become addicted to the idea of reliving it because it gives you a little bit of an adrenaline boost. And so it's not a healthy behavior. And I didn't realize that sometimes when the kids leave the house and you're wondering, are they going to be okay? It's almost as if there's a trigger and then you just start a bad habit of creating Mm -hmm. this path of like a mental loop exactly Mm -hmm. yes and and so what you're saying about having good habits and changing your mindset Mm -hmm. is so important (laughs) because that little switch could be like oh um, i'm worrying about the kids how about i pray a blessing everything or how about i set intentions for them to have an amazing day so you could use the very same trigger that's producing negative feelings of worry and anxiety and flip it upside down when you start to be conscious that you're doing it. Right. That is so important. I love that. So do you have any tips for a small business owner looking to make some changes in their fitness or health routine? Yes. I would say start small and start with something that you already like. So in other words, if you don't really like running that much, don't say I'm going to run you know, four times a week because that's just not going to happen. <laughs> so <laughs> if you like walking, or you, you like lifting weights or something like that, or cycling, there's so many ways to increase your fitness. Pick something that you actually just like and think would be fun and then set a small goal. Like I'm going to start with two times a week and actually put it into your planner and carve it out. So if you have an assistant or if your family needs to know that is your time and that is going to be cemented in your schedule. And just start with those two times, maybe three if you feel like you have the time to. But that breeds confidence when you go a month or two and you're nailing those two times and you're starting to feel better and you're starting to feel more in shape and you're getting good feelings from the workouts, then you might want to go up to three. You might feel excited to do that. And then you might want to go to four. You just never know where the journey is going to lead. But when you take those first steps, it feels so good to do something proactive and, of course, kicks back positive benefits physiologically to you. So yes, I would say start small and start with something that you like. That's perfect. I might have started my whole routine really early in the morning because I knew nobody needed me at six in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of, I think you have to just start somewhere, right? Figure out where it fits into the schedule and just do it. That's excellent, Maria. And I will tell you, research shows that people that work out first thing in the morning have much higher success rates with sticking to it, with actually making the workout happen, that sort of thing. And if you feel so accomplished entering the workday, knowing that that's already done and you feel good physiologically because you just had all those positive hormones released into your system. So that is a really great thing. I know not everybody's a morning person. And so if you absolutely know that about yourself, don't try to make yourself schedule your workouts for 6am if you already just know that you're not a morning person. Because then again, you're probably not going to do it and you're going to give up on yourself and feel like you failed. 
So if you, right. if you already know hundred percent, you are not a morning person, you have to put that on your schedule. If you know, maybe over lunch, if you're an entrepreneur and you can set your schedule, but whatever, whatever you decide has to be set in stone and blocked off. Like nothing can creep into that time. And that's why the 6am worked so well for you because there really was nothing that could come up at 6am. No. <laughs> no, everyone's that. sound right. asleep. Right. <laughs> yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about your coaching? Because I think that's also a fascinating aspect. Yes, absolutely. So two years ago, I sold my fitness business and I had a great run with it. It was 10 years. We won a bunch of awards and we helped hundreds of people change lives. But over time, I became a little bit maybe disenfranchised with it because I started to understand through my growth journey how, um, I mentioned this about the book, how interconnected the mind, body, um, and spirit are. And realizing that I was, the approach that we had set up through my fitness business was people were coming there for external issues only, meaning they wanted to lose weight, they wanted to get in shape, they wanted to address their nutrition. And while I could help them do that, what I saw over time is that these people often did not make significant lasting changes. And it was because mm. the internal, like the, the feelings and thoughts that drive them to overeat were not being addressed. We were just talking okay. about diets or like the feelings and reasons why they weren't taking time to work out on a consistent basis weren't being addressed. We were just giving them workouts. And so as soon as they would stop working with our program, you know, I'd see them a year or two later and they would be pretty much back where they were started. There's a few, mm. few people that were like lifetime members that stayed with me the whole time I had the business and they obviously maintained the results. But I started to just feel that I wanted to focus more on helping people from the inside out rather than the outside in. So rather than addressing, let's just talk about your workouts and nutrition, I wanted to start with the inside. Everything that we do is because we want to feel something. So when we start a business, it's because we want to feel a certain way, either it's significance or the freedom of owning it or the the excitement of earning income or seeing something grow. Everything that we do is because of the feeling that that particular thing gives us. So even being in shape, we want to be in shape because of the feeling that that gives us to be right. in shape. So I wanted to really start to focus on helping people get in tune with themselves internally. And the business was at a place where it was very stable. I had a great staff in place. I had a manager running it. And so an option came up to sell. And I decided I really wanted to switch more into life coaching and help people get their inner world figured out and solidified rather than focus so much on the external. So for the last two years, now I have the second business as a life coach. Perfect. And how has that been? That's been great. I'm just learning so much. It's funny how it started similarly to the personal training. When I first started, it's just a couple clients at a time, then it grows a little bit more, and then your reputation grows, and then you start to establish a brand. When I started doing this, like, it, you know, it, it's been two years, and I've just slowly seen the growth happen, not just in myself and in my ability to reach people or help people, but just also in the numbers and the outreach that I'm having. So, it's been really exciting. This is what I was saying earlier about helping people align with their purpose. And the reason mm -hmm. that you're here is I can leave hours of sessions and just feel invigorated and excited. Mm -hmm. And that's something I think when you're dialed into what you're here for, your work doesn't feel like work. It feels something. It's you, not exhausting. No, yeah. you look forward <laughs> to it. My, my, my 15 year old asked me the other day, he's like, mom, when are you going to retire? And I said, um, never. <laughs> like, I love what I do. Like, this does not feel like work. Like, I want to do this till, you know, I'm not able to talk anymore if that ever happens. But <laughs> Right. That's great. Yeah, I think the one example that really, really proves the point is I think a lot of people try to 
lose weight specifically for a vacation or a wedding or an occasion, but they never really make that internal change that maybe they need to make in order to continue a healthy lifestyle. And then after the event, everything goes back to how it was. And I feel like that's that kind of feeds into an unhappiness of having to go back and forth all the time. It's almost like looking for another reason to get healthy again. But if if you're not making the internal change, it's not going to be sustainable. Yes. And some of that, Maria, goes back to what you had said earlier in the conversation about falling in love with the process versus just using the process to get to an outcome and being Mm -hmm. so outcome focused. Like the cruise is in 60 days. I have to eat the salad and go to the gym five times because of the cruise. You're too focused on the outcome. You're not even loving the process. Um, So yeah, to your point, to circle back to that, what you said earlier, that that is so important that you just embrace the process for everything that it gives back to you. Some of my life coaching clients are weight loss clients. Mm -hmm. So instead of focusing on their workouts and nutrition, I focus on things like that. One of the questions I'll ask early in the relationship is, if you did not lose a single pound the rest of your life, would you still work out? And when people have to sit with that question, sometimes they realize that the only reason they're working out, they're begrudgingly doing so and kind of shoving themselves through the workout just because they want to lose that one extra pound. Mm-hmm. And then I have them look at like, well, think about everything that workout gives back to you. Like, are you not grateful for Like, think about how you feel afterwards and think about how your heart has been strengthened. Think about the oxygen in your brain and body and think about all the things that it gives back to you. And and I help them to get dialed into how good the workout itself feels and how much the workout itself benefits and elevates them as a person versus I'm just going to use this workout to get that pound off. Does that make right. sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think about the mobility that it offers. Yes. And I feel like the older you get, the stiffer things yes. become if you don't continue to stay mobile. Yes. So it's there's so many benefits. But you're right. That is a tough question. And it's a good one that you ask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where can we find you? On Facebook, it's Angela Myers. And I have a YouTube channel as well called Elevation Enterprise. My Instagram account is more um, things related to track and fitness, whereas my Facebook account will have life coaching tips and mindset and the things I'm doing with my new business. Thank you, Angela, for sharing your incredible journey. Thanks for having me. Well, there you have it, my friend. Another multi-talented handmade CEO changing the world by empowering others to find the best version of themselves. You have to look at the show notes to see the joy that caught my eye in Angela's pictures. There is so much to be said about finding the thing that motivates and fuels you and everything from finding your perfect workout to being present when you make time to be with your kids. Angela's message is consistent. You need to be true to yourself and discover what it is that is behind your actions. I've been reading her book, Living Younger, and I can't get enough. Angela gives practical ways to achieve significant changes through understanding the connection between your thoughts, emotions, and physical body. I'll have the link in the show notes to her website where you can find details on her coaching program and her book. And while you're there, visit the mobility videos that she offers at the bottom of the Living Younger tab. They're awesome. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Handmade CEO podcast. Don't forget to check the show notes to get a glimpse of today's featured guest and special offers. If you love the show, leave a review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. Now it's your turn to start handcrafting your dream job. 